Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and I am here with another incredible guest. At Real Estate Investor Goddesses, we bring you other incredible women uh, real estate investors to come and share their, their stories and their successes and even some of their mistakes with us. And our guest today has an incredible story. Paige Panzarello, who goes by the cash flow chick, is a real estate investor and entrepreneur with over 20 years experience in many different forms of real estate investing. She currently focuses on non-performing notes that she purchases all across the United States. And she teaches a workshop that that details how to buy non-performing notes, what to look for, due diligence to perform, and how to mitigate risk. Having experienced the crash of 2008 and what she calls a very difficult learning experience, she knows firsthand how life can happen. Her company was founded to help people in distress. People first, profit second. Um, She's going to tell us about her story, also what non-performing notes are, um, and you and the wolf. We'll get into it, and we'll we'll tell you at the end how you can find out more about her. But um, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome, Paige. Thank you so much, Monique. I'm really pleased to be here today. Well, a pleasure is definitely all ours. And um, uh, you you told me your story. We got on the phone about a week <laughs> ago. And I was just on the floor listening to your story, which is pretty incredible. So share with our listeners, how, how did you get started in real estate? How did, this, how did you get into this? Pretty amazing. I, I, I was actually thrown into the deep end of the pool um, by virtue of inheritance. Uh, we, unfortunately, you know, my grandmother passed. And she had an estate full of real estate, which was tremendous. Um, we, we had some townhome units. We had some land. We even had a sewer treatment plant um, and a, a couple of strip malls. And unfortunately, though, they were all underperforming, and they all um, needed work, and they weren't really producing money. As a matter of fact, we were severely in debt. Um, so my family and myself dug in and uh, really kind of put put a lot of sweat equity and dollars into it, and we were able to really turn that those properties around within a three-year period of time um, and bring them out of the red and into the black, which was tremendous um, and a huge learning experience for me. Um, sewer treatment plants, I, I know... <laughs> I know more about sewer treatment plants than I ever wanted to, um, but it was it was a fascinating time of my life uh, because you know it wasn't something that I was expecting to do, and uh, when yeah. I when we went into it, it, it just I learned a ton, um, primarily with the, the townhome units. We had 38 townhome units. Uh, I learned very quickly that I am not a good landlord. Um, property <laughs> manager. I'm a good landlord. I'm not a good property manager, I should say. <laughs> um, I've got a big heart and everybody's got a story. And I had to, so I yeah. quickly realized I needed to put a property manager in place to, to um, you know, run those. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a fascinating time, but I, I decided that unfortunately, because the area was very small and boutique where we were, we were in Arizona, 
and mm-hmm. the rents that we needed to be able to charge did not cover um, uh, we could the the people that lived there couldn't afford the rents that we needed to charge and so we decided that it was time to start selling those units and start maybe developing on the land well my family wanted nothing to do with that and uh, so I went to them and I said I'd like to buy the company and mm-hmm. so long story short <laughs> I bought the company from my family, um, and I started to develop uh, a plan to develop the land. And I realized that uh, the contractors were going to be making money hand over fist and that they were inappropriately uh, charging me. And so I decided it was time to start a construction company. And I knew absolutely nothing about construction. <laughs> so um, I was wow. I was really I know. <laughs> I was younger, and I, I was, I had a lot, of, a little more tolerance for risk at that point. Um, yeah. And we grew very, yeah, exactly. Um, and we grew really, really fast. You know, I was very fortunate in that I surrounded myself with people that I asked lots of questions. Uh, I put people in place that were in the know and could help me, and I leveraged their knowledge. Uh, So we grew very fast. We grew to a point that we had 36 employees. Um, We were building, we held all of our construction licenses, including commercial, with the exception of HVAC and roofing. And the only reason we didn't have those was because the liability insurance was too much. Um, And we built big projects. We built and developed other people's projects, our own projects, and we were really rocking and rolling. Um, I was, I was having the time of my life. I was, I was young at the point, at that point I was, I was single. I was financially well, well off. Um, and I was having fun, but I was also working very hard. And then 2007, 2008 came and honestly, Monique, that was, it was brutal. I'm because it all came crashing down. Um, everything froze. So everybody that owed me money, they, they couldn't pay me. I owed people money. Um, I was very fortunate that I had a lot of assets at the time. I was liquid, and I was not over leveraged. So I only had encumbrances of about eight to ten percent, um, which allowed me to fire sale everything and be able to pay everybody off without having to go into you know a bankruptcy situation. Um, but at the yeah. end of the day, you know, it took me about three years. To, to get everybody paid and, and finalize everything. Um, but at the end of the day, I literally walked away with nothing, and I had lost at that point $20 million. So wow. um, that was, yeah. <laughs> um, Incredible. You know, so clearly I went away <laughs> for a little <laughs> while. Um, but, you know, it did a couple things for me, Monique. It really did. Um, it allowed me to be with family because I was away from family for a very long period of time. Um, it allowed me to come back home to California and be with family. It, I met my husband, um, and we're clearly back into real estate um, because he recognized very early on that real estate is my passion, and he told me, you know what, Paige, this is what you need to do. This is what we need to do, and uh, we need to get back into it. So we did. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> so um, first, tell, tell everyone how old you were when you were first got into real estate because you were quite young right I was I was I bought my first house at 23 years old um, and I came back uh, when when my grandmother passed away uh, I was 26 
recently turned okay. 26. So I was a young 26 yeah. uh, when I first started. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I love that your grandmother was obviously a real estate investor goddess herself. She So it was definitely she your was. blood. Um, and you're the first person I have met who ever owned a sewage treatment plant. So that's definitely <laughs> something to say. <laughs> Yes, it, um, it is. A, it is interesting and challenging. I will say that, uh, no doubt. So, okay, so you have this incredibly varied experience where you're yeah. in sort of like single. Well, I don't know if townhomes count as single family resident, but you know, you have like residential, the strip malls, the sewage treatment plants, the construction. You do mm-hmm. a lot of it, and then. 2008 happens with all, with all of that craziness, and um, and then you get back into real estate, and, and now what is your current focus? Sure. Great question. Um, right now, I, I focus on non-performing notes. Um, I When I first got back into real estate, we, we did a lot of fix and flip. We did some wholesaling. Um, of course, mm-hmm. and, you know, because that's a great way to build your network, and I'm a huge believer in that, um, building your network, because real estate is absolutely a team sport. Um, yeah. So uh, we did some of that. Uh, I've done tax liens. I've done tax deeds. And I kind of just was looking for that right space for me. Um, and when I came across notes, uh, I met a gentleman who became uh, my mentor and then subsequently has become um, my business partner. But I found non-performing notes and literally Monique Angel sang for me. And it doesn't, they don't sing for everybody. But for me as an investor, it completely fit all of the profiles and all of the, the things that were important to me. Um, so yeah. that's that's where I landed, and that's pretty much where I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. So tell people what is a non-performing note exactly, and why do you like that? Why do you like that as an asset class? That's a great question. Um, so non-performing notes. Most people, when they buy a house, um, they they sign a promissory note promising to pay the bank back um, the money that the bank puts forward to for you to buy the house, right? And in order to collateralize that or secure that promise to pay, um, they will also sign either a mortgage or a deed of trust. So those documents Mm -hmm. go together. Okay, so when we say notes, it's literally the promissory note and either the mortgage or the deed of trust, depending upon if you're in a judicial or a non-judicial foreclosure state. Okay? Okay. Um, So they're just generally called notes. Non-performing notes are notes, are mortgages, that the borrowers have stopped paying, which seems really ridiculous. Um, you know, why would I spend my money and, and invest in mortgages that are not paying? Um, and the reason that I do that is because they, uh, first of all, we buy them for a very deep discount, okay? Um, we thereby mitigating our risk because we're building in uh, uh, equity, right? So if I buy a note at a, at a 40 or 50% discount, I now have a cushion of 40 or 50%, that mitigates my risk. So right. we can buy them at a, at a deep discount. Um, literally, I control the outcome because I literally become that borrower's bank, okay? Um, the reason it fits my model and why do, I, you know, why do I like this asset class is because literally I have 
23 different exit strategies at my avail instead of one or two. So there's a lot of flexibility there if things change in the market or, you know, and if life happens to anybody. Um, I don't have a loan because we pay cash, and I am the mm-hmm. loan. I become the bank. Um, so yeah. I can control the, the outcome. I don't have to – I'm not settled into one specific location. I can literally do this business from anywhere in the world as long as I have a phone and, a, and an Internet source. Um, I get to help people, which is tremendously rewarding for me as an investor. Um, and, there, I mean, I could go on and on and on uh, <laughs> about why I love this yeah. space. <laughs> So talk, talking um, about like how you can help people because when you buy mm-hmm. these non-performing nodes, your goal is not to evict or foreclose upon the the people, Correct. right? Um, Correct. Yeah. So what are what are some exit strategies that can be particularly win-win? Well, I mean, we always try and create, regardless of, of whether we can help the borrower stay in their home or not, we try and create a win-win situation for everybody. Sometimes that means that the borrower, you know, the win for them is not staying in the home. Um, but our yeah. goal whenever we buy our notes um, is First and foremost, if the borrower wants to stay in their home, working with them if they qualify to keep them in their home, okay? Sometimes yeah. that's not always yeah. possible. Sometimes it, it's just too heavy a burden for them. Um, we can, because we buy them at a discount, we have a lot of working room there that if they do qualify to stay in their home, we can do, um, you know, modifications to their loan. We can reduce their principal. We can forgive their rearage. We can um, adjust their interest rate or their payment or the length of time of the, of the mortgage. So there's a lot of flexibility there in being able to work with the borrower. Um, if we can't get that situation to happen, and, and usually it happens about a third of the time, um, then yeah. we often will will go into either a sor- short sale situation where we work with the borrower to to sell the home for less than they actually owe us on paper, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Um, or yeah. we do what's called a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Um, the borrower sometimes will come to our our loss mitigation team and say to us, uh, you know, we can't we can't afford it. We don't want to be here, but we don't want a foreclosure on our record. So we're willing to sign over the deed in lieu of you foreclosing on us, and we will walk away. It will be considered paid in full. Um, now, yeah. there's there's yeah. some pitfalls to that that you've got to look out for, but if you know what you're doing, I mean, that's certainly a very expeditious way of, of taking control of the property and then doing whatever you want with it. You can, you can sell it to a fix and flipper and be their bank. You can sell it to an end user depending upon the condition of the home. You can fix and flip it yourself. You can fix it and rent it. There's so many different options that are available to you as a, as a note investor that I just love. So cool. I love it, too. Mm-hmm. And you, you um, as we were, I was saying before, you actually teach about this. You have a workshop that tells people how to buy, how to buy these types of notes, look for due diligence, et cetera. Um, share a little bit about how people can find out about your workshop. Absolutely. Um, we generally hold the workshop at least three times a year, sometimes four. Uh, you can go mm-hmm. to buildingwealthwithnotes.com. It's buildingwealthwithnotes.com, um, and it will have all of the information about the upcoming live workshop. You can also go to cashflowchick.com, um, and there's some information there as well, and there's also an opportunity to book uh, a 30-minute appointment with me to discuss some options you may have. Awesome. 
All right. Very mm-hmm. cool. Uh, so now back back to your story because your story is pretty fascinating. Um, one of the questions that I always ask my guests is, mm-hmm. "What was your biggest mistake in real estate in your real estate investing career, and what did you learn from it?" Um, my biggest mistake was thinking that I could do it all myself. Um, mm. That that you know, there's there's always the fear of competition there, and there's always pride when you're that becomes involved. Um, so my biggest mistake was literally not reaching out to uh, any type of support system. There there really wasn't much of one when I you know when I started because I was a woman in real estate and it's largely dominated yeah. as you know Monique by men. Um, but mm-hmm. I still, even though I surrounded myself with those with men and and I and I asked them significant questions, um, I didn't reach out when when I probably should have. Um, I also didn't reach out to my to my network um, and my support system because you know it's at the time it's horrifying to know what you're going through when you're losing everything, um, and that's not yeah. something that you want to share with people. And I've later in life, you know, what I learned from that is that I actually should have, could have, would have, and now do really have um, an abundant mindset because I believe in collaboration and because I believe in supporting one another. I don't view it as competition. I do view it as collaboration. And that has just opened more doors than I can tell you. Um, It's just been amazing. Mm -hmm. Great. So mm-hmm. when you were thinking you could do all yourself, and in particular, it sounds like you're talking about that 2008 period when things were crashing down and you were just trying to keep it together or just, like, not sink um, all the mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that and also, you know, even even because I was, you know, young and, and the president of the company and we had I had 36 employees. Um, I did not bring in a support system to help me enough there either. Mm, Um, I wanted to maintain all of that control, and as such, I literally was working seven days a week about 18 hours a day, and it was putting me into an early grave. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Yes. So maybe that 2008 was a a gift that came wrapped in sandpaper, you know, it was a tough Tough gift, but it got you out of a situation that might not have been sustainable. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I am proud of the fact that as difficult as it was, and most people call that a failure, by the way, and I don't. I don't. I I think if you learn from from something that it's never a failure. Um, It might not have the outcome that you wanted, but if you learn from it, it's never a failure. It's an incredibly difficult learning experience, and that's how I like to refer to that time in my life. Um, but I'm yeah. really, really proud of the fact that I never gave up, and I, I paid back all of the people that I owed, including my investors. And I still have investors to this day that invest with me because of that. Um, and I didn't let it break me. I did not let it break me. And that I'm really proud of that. Um, I love that. And so my next question is, what are you most proud of? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. The question, but. That would be it. That would be it. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to what do you attribute your success? Because, you know, the 2008 notwithstanding, you've had an incredibly successful career. 
Uh, so to what do you attribute your success? Um, I, I put myself in the room with people that are smarter than me, and I am not afraid to ask questions. Um, so from that, I learn every day, even to this day. And, it, you know, again, pay attention to those incredibly difficult learning experiences because those are your biggest teachers. So I think between all of those things, that, that really has propelled me into, you know, the place that I am today. Great. I love that. Being around people <laughs> that are smarter than you and asking lots of yes. questions. I completely yes. agree with that. That's what I do. Um, and it's partly why I do this podcast. So I get to ask questions of um, incredibly successful women like you and learn oh, um, you. learn by, you know, your successes and your mistakes and, um, you know, and where, you know, where, where you've gone. So I, sure. I, I totally, wholeheartedly um, agree with that as a, a good recipe for success. Absolutely. Um, and what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in real estate investing? Ah, great question. Um, you know, here's the thing. Real estate, like just about anything, has a lot of shiny objects, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, for people that are, there's a lot of information that's, that's out there, there's, there's paid information, there's free information, and you can really get kind of overwhelmed with, all of the different options that are available to you. So I often talk to people, you know, people that ask me this question and people that approach me or come to the workshop. I often talk about, and you'll hear this from a lot of people, what is your why? That's a very personal thing. um, And Mm -hmm. I like to say, what is your what? And the reason that I say that is because depending upon whether you need to generate monthly cash flow, whether you need to generate a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, uh, ch- chunks of cash, whether you're looking to uh, have a depreciating asset because you have too much cash, that, that's your yeah. what, okay? So what do you need to, to develop? What are you seeking to have real estate do for you? And then you find the avenue and the medium that's going to do that for you. So if you need passive income because, you know, you just want to to have that little extra monthly, you're not going to go into a fix and flip situation. That's a short-term, you know, first of all, it's a short-term play, and passive income is a long-term play. Fix and flip generates chunks of cash, and passive income and buy and hold generates monthly streams of cash, right? So know what your what is because that is what is going to guide you into the vehicle and the avenue that you're you're going to seek and you're going to start learning about. That's step two, is educating yourself. There's lots of free, um, you know, advice. There's lots of free mediums out there. Podcasts are a big one. REI, you know, mm-hmm. real estate investor groups are another big one. Uh, bigger pockets. I mean, there's there's so many resources that are available to you for free. And then, of course, there's the yeah. paid seminars. And you know, if you're going to do that, I don't, I don't, I think that there are some very good ones out there. But do your due diligence first, right? Um, but education yeah. really, really is the key. After you know what your what is, but you have to know what your what is. So good. Yeah, I always. Um I always liken that when people ask me, you know, what what what's my next step? What should I do? And I say, well, right. where do you want to go? Uh, because right. if you're 
say, I was like, I want to go on vacation. What should I do? It's like, well, are you going on vacation to Hawaii? Are you going on vacation to New York City? Are you going on vacation right. to the to the North Pole? All of those are going to be really <laughs> different things that you're going to do, right? right. Like, are you going over, are you, you're like staycating and you're just going over to like the next town. <laughs> so, um, and exactly. all of those things will require you to, to do totally different actions. So you need to know where you're headed. Um and then you can figure out what steps to take, and then you can you get the education. But it's really good, like figuring out your what. That that helps you figure out the direction you need to go. Um, mm-hmm. Because that will that will direct the type of the type of path you're going to take. Love exactly. That. So good. Exactly. Awesome. And um, and what do you wish you'd known at the beginning of your career that you now know? <laughs> Lots. Um, no, you know, really, I'm I'm kind of thankful that I was in the position that I was in when I started my career. But honestly, I kind of go back to that same that same thing um, of support and thinking that I could do it all myself. I really wish that at the beginning that I had reached out to um, a support system, you know, and again, things were a little bit different then than they are now. Um, There's a lot more between, you know, with Meetup and again, you know, podcasts and mentors being more accessible, Um, being able to reach out to groups. um, You know, there's a fabulous group here in California. Actually, it's growing um, to to a couple other states as well and will eventually be nationwide called REN, um, which is the Women's Real Estate Network. And their whole mission, like yours, Monique, is about empowering other women um, and, yeah. and getting them to take action. And that's, you know, Ren, that's what REN is about. Um, and REN wasn't around when I was. But now, I mean, this is something, reach out for support for these people, even if you don't have it from your own family, because that happens a lot. Reach out to these groups, because they will support you. And um, I wish I had known that when I started. Yeah. yeah, so good. And speaking of mm-hmm. REN, which is definitely <laughs> a, an organization that has my heart because of the same mission as mine, which is mm-hmm. to just help support, inspire uh, women to get into real estate investment. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's like real estate investor glasses. It's, it's about creating the sisterhood. And I love it. Yes. And they're having an event this this weekend. We are. October 21st. Tell us a little bit about the REN event, the REN Ignite event. Yeah. Yes, it's called Ignite Your Fire Within, and its its purpose is to do just that. Um, It is this coming Saturday, so time is short. Um, And I am very fortunate to have been a part of REN from the very beginning. Um, I am currently the vice president. Um, Our founder is a tremendous real estate rock star woman and just a huge, huge heart. Um, and we are having Ignite Your Fire Within on Saturday. Now we've lined up a huge panel of, of amazing rock star women speakers. Um, they have every different medium out there. So, you know, of course, myself and a couple of the other ladies are going to be talking about notes, um, and, and there's going to be buy and hold ladies there. There's self-storage. Um, private money lenders, hard money lending, there's, uh, and they're all, you know, construction. Um, they're just tremendous 
group of women, and they're all going to be there to help and support and talk about their experiences and what got you know what they can offer in terms of we've scraped our knees, so don't don't do that. Leverage our experience, right? Um, it's also one of those hands-on uh, events where you're actually going to be able to talk with the speakers one-on-one. Um, lunch is going to be served, and there's going to be a speaker at every table um, for lunch, so you actually have one-on-one time with them, which doesn't happen at most events. Um, and then, of course, you know we are also doing what, what we call Ren Gives Back, which we're spotlighting a nonprofit organization, and this, this year it's the uh, Women's Club of Hollywood. Um, they really need our help, and that's where Jean Harlow went to school. Um, it's just a landmark building and organization, and we're really proud that, that we're sponsoring them and uh, giving some proceeds from Ignite uh, to go to them because they really need our help. But for you as an awesome. investor, yeah. Um, you know, as an investor, if you're just starting out or if you're experienced and just want to broaden your network, you really need to be there. Your experience level doesn't mean, you know, doesn't matter, but your presence really does. Well, I will be there, and I look forward to meeting other real estate investor classes there. To get information, where should they go? What's the website? Igniteyourfirewithin.com. And we actually have a promo code right now. So the ticket is normally $149. You can get it uh, through the end of the week for $89. And you use the promo code, yes, RENPROMO, W-R-E-N, PROMO. And that will get your ticket for $89. This is just a fantastic, amazing event. Great. Okay, be there. Um, we are running out of time, but we're going to oh, no. end with a quick trinity. Um, okay. So, Paige, what are you bragging about? What are you celebrating? Um, just the growth and success of my business. I mean, when I embraced that uh, that collaborative, abundant heart mentality and the support system mentality, like I said before, doors have just absolutely opened. Um, my network has grown. My connections are amazing. Um, we're elevating to the next level, and we're bringing people with us, which is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very satisfying to me to be able to help others, and, and we're doing just that. So well bragged. And what's one thing you're <laughs> grateful for? It's going to sound odd, but really my my big, very, very difficult learning experience. Um, it, some would call it the failure but that's the learning experience that literally propelled me and guided me to where I am today. And uh, had that not happened, I would not have met my, my husband. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you, Monique. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I don't think that's weird at all. And I don't call it failure <laughs> unless, you ha- unless you miss the feedback. <laughs> so uh, yes, so it's not exactly. failure, feedback. If you miss the feedback, exactly. it's a failure. But otherwise, it's just <laughs> feedback. Um, And then lastly, what's one thing you desire? I really, really, you know, if people have a desire or a dream, my desire is that they follow it. I I really Mm. hope that people don't let fear of failure um, paralyze you because a lot of people really are. They're paralyzed in their fear. Let me tell you, uh, and Monique, you know this as, as well as I do, that successful investors become successful because they fail. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, so don't let fear paralyze you. Learn from that. Embrace it, and you will go further and, um, you know, further than, than you would even possibly imagine. Mm. Well, I will share that desire that with all the women listening and men, I know there's some men that are out there listening too, that you <laughs> all also follow, <laughs> follow your dreams. Um, Absolutely. So, so shall this desire be or so much better than we can imagine under grace and in perfect ways. So thank I love you that. so much again, Paige. This was incredible. You can reach her at thecashflowchick.com, and you can reach me at realestateinvestorglasses.com or on Facebook at the Real Estate Investor Glasses page. Um, join us next time where we bring you another incredible Real Estate Investor Goddess success story. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.